Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, my name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tommy Piggott is the Rapid Response Director for the RNC. You can see some of his work at the popular Twitter handle, at RNC Research. Tommy, we get a lot of big-time stuff going on, so let's just start. What did you think of Joe Biden's big speech last night? Well, I thought it was missing one huge thing. Uh, of many, but one huge thing, uh, which was a plan to hold Iran accountable. Uh, There was a comment he said almost in passing saying we will continue to hold Iran accountable while admitting that Iran is a major supporter of Hamas, but there was no plan to actually do that. And he said continue as if he's been doing it. He has not been holding (laughs) Iran accountable. He has been sending them tens of billions of dollars or at least allowing them to enrich themselves with tens of billions of dollars. So that was a major thing missing. And then other than that, I honestly thought it was a very weak speech. I thought it was rambling at times, uh, bordering on completely incoherent. Um, it's another example of why Joe Biden uh, should not be really yeah, like where, where was the Joe Biden of old where he's standing at the podium with the red backdrop, dark Brandon, you know, the, the speech that looks like it was straight out of V from Vendetta where he was uh, blaming all the country's problems on uh, MAGA Republicans. Where was that Biden? Well, I mean, that Biden, you know, stands in contrast, at least with the rhetoric. Biden goes out there yesterday and says uh, we need to come together as a country. But I think you make a great point bringing that up. Joe Biden has spent the last uh, years smearing Republican uh, voters across the country, smearing anyone that doesn't believe what he believes, smearing people that yep. actually believe in the Constitution when it comes to not supporting the student loan bailout or or making sure that we secure the border. Uh, so he is not interested in bringing this country together. He's shown that through his actions and through his rhetoric, the speech you mentioned. But that's not just even one speech. He's made speeches like that time and time again yes. where he has insulted voters that disagree with him. Uh, I wish we had a president that would bring us together, but Joe Biden's not that president. Is it fair to lump Ukraine and the situation in Israel as the same? Because it felt like, to me anyway, watching a little bit of this last night, that's what Joe Biden was trying to do. He wanted the American public to view what's happening in Ukraine as the exact same situation as what's happening in Israel. Well, Washington, especially Democrats, have this habit of trying to lump all this stuff together. They, they try to make this as big as possible, as complex as possible. When in reality, and Republicans are pretty clear on this, we should be voting on individual parts of this. And you can make arguments either way on a whole host of issues, but it's incredibly important that we stand by Israel, that we, we give Israel the material and support they need to defend themselves. Uh, that is incredibly important. There can't be any delay there. Uh, and so Joe Biden, instead of trying to push, I think, uh, some sort of broad, massive bill, should be uh, really approaching these issues as the individual issues that they are and make sure that we are supporting our allies and giving our allies the materials they need. Yeah, I just looked it up. I'm looking at the transcript here. He, Joe Biden mentioned Hamas 13 times, Ukraine 25 times. Good Lord. Um, in terms of the $100 million in quote-unquote humanitarian aid going to the people of Gaza, a.k.a. Hamas, I mean, is there anyone that doesn't think that that aid that, quote, aid is going to be used to help further the cause of Hamas and the terrorism? 
I, I can't tell you anyone who thinks that that's going to be used appropriately. I mean, if, if there is, then, you know, there's a bridge that should be sold. You know, it's, it's kind of a it's, it's outrageous that they're giving this aid to Gaza. Uh, it's clear. It's been clear for months that the aid that Biden sent to Gaza, there's been reports that that aid was used towards Hamas's terrorist operations. We've seen when they have been appeasing Iran, that money has gone towards funding Hamas. And it's not just that $6 billion that's been in the news that Biden unlocked. It's been refusing to enforce oil sanctions. It's outrageous that he would be trying to send this aid to Hamas-controlled Gaza. And then when they're asked about that, they're explanation is that it relies on an understanding with Hamas. That's the word they use, understanding with this brutal terrorist organization. When will Joe Biden learn the lesson that we cannot rely on understandings with terrorists for our security and the security of our allies? It's outrageous. It's naive, to put it mildly. Uh, And it shows that Joe Biden, who thinks he's an expert at foreign policy, is showing once again he's been wrong on every single foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. And it's so funny you mentioned oil restrictions or easing up sanctions on other countries. I mean, he while he continues to clamp down on energy production here in the United States, he uh, lets up, releases restrictions on Venezuela, which in turn enriches Iran and which in turn sends money to Hamas. It's a vicious circle. And I feel like Joe Biden is a part of that vicious circle. He doesn't hate oil. He just hates American oil. It's incredible uh, in a negative way that this is his policy. Uh, it's, it's designed to make us weaker. It's designed to make our allies weaker. I mean, the idea that you would simultaneously hurt our own production, then go to Venezuela, lift those sanctions, try to encourage Iran to produce more, basically empower countries like Russia. It's all connected. Yes. And I think it's it's so telling that – before Joe Biden took office, we were talking about historic peace agreements being struck with the Abraham Accords. And now his administration is bragging that he is going to war zones. And he's saying, oh, look, Joe Biden's going to war zone after war zone. What they're essentially bragging about is that under Joe Biden, Israel is now a war zone. Under Joe Biden, Ukraine is now a war zone. Under Joe Biden, you can no longer go to Afghanistan. A U.S. president can no longer go to Afghanistan. So time and time again, Biden has thrust the world into chaos with his really naive and dangerous agenda of appeasement uh, and the world is less safe because of his policies tommy piggott is our guest he's the rapid response director for the rnc and tommy how much rapid response have you had to do in regards to what we're seeing with the speaker of the house situation feels like every day there's a new storyline going on with the republicans attempt to try to find a speaker of the house well house republicans are going to decide who the next speaker is. I think ultimately the passion that we're seeing with House Republicans is a reaction to the chaos that Joe Biden has caused because Joe Biden's policies have been a disaster. I do think it's important to recognize when we're talking about the speaker's race and House Republicans that House Republicans have been incredibly successful in stopping a lot of Joe Biden's agenda and making sure that the reckless spending has stopped. Joe Biden put forward a six trillion dollar budget and that was dead on arrival because house republicans were in the majority in the house so you you have major successes you have border legislation that was passed the parents bill of rights the overturning of dc's pro criminal uh pro criminal criminal code so you have so many victories for house republicans and i think remembering those victories and refocusing our efforts and winning in 2024 is really important do you think the perception nationwide though is that 
its dysfunction. Because whether you like them or not, the Democrats, if you tell them the sky is purple and the ground is made out of spaghetti, every single one of them will agree and go with that same line and they're unified. That doesn't seem like it's the case with the Republicans right now. Well, it's true that under the Republicans, it's truly the people's house again. I mean, that's what the people want. I mean, we want democracy operating, uh, and that's what the House Republicans are operating under. They're representing the people. But ultimately, I think when it comes to a question of dysfunction, Democrats try to say there's dysfunction in the House, which is ridiculous. I think the real dysfunction in people's lives that affects them is not the speakership rates. It's the dysfunction that's caused by Biden's inflation. It's the dysfunction that's caused by crime rates surging in American cities. It's the dysfunction that's caused by fentanyl pouring over the border. It's the dysfunction that's caused by Israel being a war zone, Ukraine being a war zone, Iran being emboldened. That's the dysfunction that is affecting American people. That's the chaos that is affecting Americans. And that's caused by Biden's policies. Those are caused when Biden claims victories, he's doing harm on the American people. So that's the dysfunction I think American people care about. And that's the dysfunction that is going to go into the voting booth and vote against in 2024 and elect more Republicans to Washington, D.C. Tommy, last thing here. Uh, We bring this up from time to time because I do think this is important for the Republican Party. How is the push to get more voters registered, maybe early votes, the bank the vote program? Are the Republicans, you know, making ground up in that area? We're making huge strides. We're uh, focused on this every single day, pedal to the metal. We've made huge voter registration strides in states like Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, which has a gubernatorial election coming up this November in 2023 next month, or really in a few weeks here. So you have uh, major strides that we're making there in terms of voter registration. On top of that is our Bank Your Vote campaign, getting people signed up to bank your vote to vote early. That's been a massive success around the country in terms of Republican leaders across the country, whether they're in the state house, in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, governors, grassroots leaders are all coming together to really uh, encourage Republicans to vote early. And so that we are waiting until the fourth quarter to put points on the board, we're, we're doing that as soon as possible and then refocusing our resources on those people that haven't voted yet. So that's been a major success. We're rolling out in state after state. We just rolled out in Pennsylvania this week, for example. We have state-specific teams in New York, California, Nevada, Wisconsin, Ohio. Uh, it, we're, we're rolling this out across the country. It's been uh, amazingly successful so far in terms of the enthusiasm we're seeing But we're not taking anything for granted. We're going to keep on fighting every single day to get Republicans out to the polls and and win in 2024. Yeah, I think a lot of people are encouraged to hear that groundwork being done in some of those key swing states there, Tommy. All right, man, we will do this again next Friday. Tommy Piggott, RNC Rapid Response Director. We appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.